courage to act. Have the courage to act. That's our topic today. That is our theme today as we are diving into a new parasha, uh, the parasha of Pincus, also known as Phineas in the English translation. So um, good to be with you today. Hope you're having a great uh, start to your work week for those of you who are um, you know, out and about in the world. And so Baruch Hashem, glad to be here with you. And it's very exciting time as we are in the <clears throat> in the three weeks. May Hashem uh, prosper this time and help us to make it uh, a time of, of sincere introspection and growth. Parasha Pincus. Pincus, Phineas, is, ha, has been for a long time one of uh, my favorite heroes of the Bible. And, and it's because he had the courage to act. He was uh, zealous, and because of his zeal, uh, he merited, not inherited, but merited uh, the priesthood because he was zealous for God and the things of God, <clears throat> and he was not timid. You know, they say uh, concerning leadership uh, that the worst decision is indecision, and it's amazing to me how many people are paralyzed by that, the inability to make a decision, and you should know that. Just as a general rule in your life, you say, well, I'm not really a leader, but you know what? You are. You're a leader somewhere. Uh, you may be the leader of your family. You may be the leader of, uh, you may be a, a quote-unquote soccer mom and the leader of uh, perhaps uh, the soccer mom club or the PTA or maybe you're a leader in your office. But in some way, in some shape or form, you're in leadership or, or you, you will be uh, the head of something uh, at some point, maybe even for a moment. And just remember that the worst decision you can make is the failure to make a decision. Always remember that. It's so important. The, the worst decision is indecision. I will tell you that right now. Most people are terrified of making the wrong decision, but what they really need to be scared of is the inability to make a decision. And so sometimes you have to act. And if you act and you're wrong, well, you know, that's, that's life. That's life. It happens. Sometimes our decisions end up being the wrong decision, uh, but that's okay. You know, at least you went in a direction and you can make a correction. But if you just stand still, uh, you know, that's, that's worse. Which brings up another point, just as an aside, and that is that if you're not growing, you're, you are um, dying. Uh, you're shrinking. Uh, there's no such thing as being static in our walk with Hashem, in, in our walk of life, period. Uh, there's people who say things such as, I just want to maintain. Um, I wish that were possible, but it's not. There's no such thing as maintaining. It's just you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. And always remember that too. You either move forward or you move backward. And uh, that's a very common theme in battle. Um, there was a, uh, uh, a general who used to sign his letters forward, forward. Because the concept is, if we're not moving forward, then we are going to be inevitably moving backwards. So remember that as well, that we have to always be advancing. There's always something. Uh, you know, I, I have said before that it seems like every year, uh, our observance of the festivals, as an example, to take, to take that as an example, every year of our observance of the festivals seems to improve in some way. Uh, it's there's a there's a nuance that we uh, learn or perhaps emphasize 
uh, and that's good. That's healthy. You, we should never come to a festival season and say, oh, this is ho-hum. We've done this before. We're so ex expert at this. No, we have to grow because uh, it's supernatural. So here we have Phineas, and he had the courage to act, and he really teaches us a valuable lesson about going beyond the letter of the law. Uh, sometimes, you know, we have to go beyond and enter into a new realm. Let's explore that as we're looking for um, uh, some introductions to Parsha Phineas uh, from the Kehol Tumash, where I'm going to read a couple of quotes here from, from their introduction. And then we're actually going to go back a little bit to Parsha Belak because the story of Phineas really begins uh, in the last chapter, the last segment, segment of Parsha Belak, and then we kind of, you know, find out about his his reward, if you will, and this parasha. So anyway, it says, <clears throat> our devotion, it's talking about devotion to God. Phineas's devotion to God. And it says, our devotion to God, ironically, is not limited by the Torah. You know, there is a concept in Judaism amongst the sages that people can actually use the Torah to um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for to, to they can kind of use the Torah to restrict themselves from doing good and and have a Torah excuse okay I know there's a better way to say that I feel like there's a better way to say that but basically we utilize the Torah to say, well, I don't have to do that because I'm doing something else that's super holy according to the Torah, so therefore I'm going to excuse this behavior. This is precisely what Yeshua was talking about, the divine Messiah. This is precisely what Yeshua was talking about when he says that, you know, um, uh, you, you bring your gifts to the altar, but you dishonor your father and mother. Uh, you know, he... he because people are like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this to, unto the Lord. You know, this is exactly what he's talking about. Zekin Yigal, to, to reference back to his class on Hesed that he did on, on Shabbat afternoon, that uh, he, he referenced a story of a rabbi that was a, a great worker of, of Hesed, uh, someone who took care of the sick, took care of the poor, clothed the naked, et cetera, et cetera, did all these great things. And when he got to heaven, he thought, you know, uh, he's going to have great reward. It turns out there was not great reward. In fact, he was brought before the Beit Dean and was chastised because his, his wife was home um, uh, crying and, uh, you know, sad because she had been neglected by her husband, okay? And uh, I think, I'm, by the way, I think I'm pretty certain that story is found in um, the Garden of Peace book. But <clears throat> the point is, is that uh, they said, look, you know, you did all these great things for all these people, but you neglected the most important thing, which is your family. In fact, your wife, your wife is, you know, your flesh and blood. So you neglected yourself. You neglected your family, but you did it under the auspices of, hey, I'm doing all these great things. So see, we can use Torah to really mask our desire not to really follow God, you can you see. It, so in other words, you can be a hypocrite while following Torah. 
And that is a, a very important statement that I just made. You can be a hypocrite while being completely Torah observant. You say, well, man, those people are so Torah observant. Look at them. They're, they're super Jews. They're like perfect, picture perfect Jews. And they, oh man, they do everything so perfectly. They really know how to daven. They really know how to this, this, that, and the other. And yet, they have no hesed. Um, they're cold. Their service is without emotion. It's without zeal. Um, they're, you know, they have all kinds of issues. But they're they're really great. It's like a it's like a, a a meeting that I had one time. I will never forget. I was reading. It was about. It was this time of the year. In fact, uh, I don't know how long, how long ago this has been. Maybe five, six years ago. It was at this time of the year, and I had was reading and studying, and I, I came across basically a similar statement that's written, written here, that we have to go beyond the letter of the law. So at the time, I was connected, I had a, a friend of mine, a, a, co a colleague, who was a, uh, a, a rabbi at a very orthodox synagogue in Dallas, and so I contacted uh, the rabbi there, and, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, can I ask you a question? Um, I wanted to know your take on what it means to go beyond the letter of the law. What's the, what is the dichotomy between the spirit of the law and the letter of the law? And uh, to my surprise, the rabbi said, can you come here? I'd like to talk to you about it in person. So, okay. So I, I, I drove to his shul and sat in his office and he proceeded to give me a, a passionate teaching. Uh, on, on what this means from his perspective. And he utilized the backdrop of the three weeks as his example. And, uh, you know, we, again, it was this time of year, so we were in the middle of the three weeks, and um, he was talking about the fact that, you know, a lot of people are focusing on all the things we're not supposed to do uh, during the three weeks, you know, and, and the, in the morning, and the uh, you know, not listening to the music and, you know, just kind of self-deprecation and those types of things. But at the same time, he said, we're not really focusing on what we're supposed to be doing, which is guarding our tongue, repenting of Lashon Hara, uh, creating peace amongst each other. He said, so really, on the one hand, we look, we're doing all the things that the halacha requires, all the things that Torah is saying we're supposed to do, we're, we can't be faulted for that. But at the same time, we're missing the point. Because we're not going beyond the letter of the law. And this is the point. Sometimes, sometimes the letter of the law restricts. The letter of the law says, well, you know, you're, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. But but yet you're not really achieving the goal. Doesn't mean the law is bad. It has to do with a heart issue. The law is fine. It's the heart issue is the problem. So we have to be transformed in our heart, okay? And so in Judaism, contrary to popular belief, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law are supposed to be utilized together. And the Gentile mind, they are opposites, just like Grace and law are opposites in the Gentile mind, um, because in the Gentile mind we come in the Gentile mind everything is compartmentalized. You go to work and you go to church, and those two things don't necessarily go together. In fact, they shouldn't really. <clears throat> you know, you have you have this. You go to church for an hour or two, and then the rest of your day is whatever you want to do. There's no such thing as 
everything is is mixed together, right? <clears throat> um, so, but in Judaism, that's not the case. Grace and law go together. The law is grace, you know? And so, spirit of law and letter of law go together. So here we have Phineas, and what he could have, he could have sat back and, and, and did nothing, and he would have been perfectly within his right under the letter of the law. He wasn't, in fact, it talks about here that, that according to the letter of the law, he wasn't supposed to uh, kill anybody in this case. Um, that the sages itself would have, would have disapproved of his, his act of murdering two people, killing two people. Um, because, you know, you're supposed to only do that in, in, the, in the situation of self-defense. So by slaying Zimri, Pincus was doing something that was not required of him by the Torah and would have been looked down upon by the sages and was in fact risking his own life because he, he potentially could have been brought up on charges, Right? But Phineas determined that the goal of honoring God was more important than even his own life. And so therefore he decided to go beyond the letter of the law. You know, we were just talking about this, unfortunately, you know, as a, as a real life example, talking about, you know, the worst decision is indecision. There's been a lot of discussion about the tragedy that happened in Uvalde, Texas, where a, a, a very sick and twisted and evil individual went into a school and murdered 19 children and two school teachers. And there were scores of well-armed officers um, on the scene within a minute or two of this situation unfolding. And they did nothing. Now, people that don't have experience would look at that and go, well, you know, I mean, I can understand there's, they're, they're scared because, you know, shots are being fired and the guy has a, a gun, you know? Um, and maybe for the average citizen, that would be extremely scary, but you're supposed to be a law enforcement officer, many of whom I assume have military experience. And... Um, I don't know. I just I can just tell you right now. Um, it's shameful that nothing happened. That there was nobody storming that door. There was nobody barreling through that that <clears throat> a barricade uh, or whatever the wherever the government was. You say, well, they could have got shot. So what? And there are children in there. So what? You say, Rabbi, really? You you feel that way? Uh, you better believe it. It had taken me about 30 seconds, maybe, to make a decision. Maybe if that long. Um, kids being killed, kids being murdered. You go in there, I don't care if you have a 22 pistol. You do what you can. My dad and I talked about this last night. He agreed. 100%. Especially if it was my kids in there. But it didn't have to be my kids. Point is, you have to act, people. You have to go beyond the letter of the law. Sometimes people, in this case, it seems like, according to all the reports... That, that have been put out there, not in the media reports. I'm not talking about that because you can't trust the media. But I'm talking about 
the reports from other law enforcement agencies and from, from the uh, Texas House of Representatives and so on, it appeared that people didn't act and they were hiding behind the law. Hey, uh, my superior said don't go in, so we just sat in the hallway, all 50 of us, with, you know, weapons and stuff. It's shameful. They were hiding behind somebody who made a cowardly decision. And what should have happened is what happened with Phineas. Those officers should have said, they said what? They said stay here? Forget that. We're going in. But what are they afraid of? Well, they're afraid of getting killed, maybe. They're afraid of being prosecuted for violating the law, maybe. But Phineas had all of that. My point to you and my point to all of us is these are life lessons for all of us. Phineas faced that same situation. You have to have the courage to act. And even if it means putting your life at risk, because there are things greater than us. And in this case, Phineas decided that the honor of God was greater. And remember, and the story is, you know, if you read the story, we may not get to the whole story, but, uh, you know, part of the story is, is that these, this Midianite woman is going to have immoral relationships with one of the leaders of Israel, the leaders of Simeon, cause, uh, and they, they walk by Moses and the elders. So Moses and the elders are gathered at the, at the entrance to the, the tent of meeting. And they walk by them and, and to mock them. There's a, whole, there's a whole commentary. Maybe we'll get to it, maybe not. But there's a whole commentary that, that the leader of Simeon mocks Moses. Kind of like, you know, in broad daylight in front of all the elders, in front of Moses and He's going to take this woman and kind of mocking him as they're going into their tent. Totally shameless. What did the Moses and the elders do? They start crying. They do nothing. They're frozen with, with who knows what fear or who knows what type of indecision. They just start crying. Like a bunch of, you know, teenage girls. What does Phineas do? Phineas sees this and says, oh no. You're not going to mock God and mock the elders and bring a curse on the people. And so he takes a spear in his hand. And without really consulting anybody, not asking permission, realizing that what he's about to do could lead to his death potentially because he, he could be prosecuted for taking matters into his own hands, being a proverbial vigilante, you know, that type of thing. But he, he reckons that something there's something greater than his own safety. And can I just tell you, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this whole situation with Uvalde I brought up, you know, in my opinion, this is just me. This is just my personal feeling. And I feel this about myself. Uh, you know, I've thought about this a great deal in, in, in times when 
there's been danger or when I've thought about it in the past, you know, and whether it's physical danger or spiritual danger, you know, spiritual danger, because I've, I've had people tell me before, leaders, for instance, well, you know, I, I know that this is the right way to go. And I know that Torah is true. And I know that what I've learned as a Christian pastor uh, or whatever is really not true, you know, and I, you know, but man, but man, I, if I do this, I'll lose most of my congregation. If I cancel Christmas and tell people the truth, everybody's going to hate me. If I, if I tell them the truth about Easter and we don't have an Easter egg hunt, instead we try to have a Passover Seder, man, I'll lose 80% of my congregation. I'll, I'll lose my, I'll lose, uh, really? To me, and I mean this sincerely, to me, the worst thing that, that could happen is that I would be a coward, spiritually or physically. That's the worst thing. I, I, I just, I, I just, that's the worst thing. And a lot of people have sympathy for those kinds of people. Like, oh, well, you know, he, he was too scared to go into the classroom and save those 19 children. But that's okay. I understand. I don't understand. You're a coward. And that's worse. That's terrible. It's terrible. And I, you know, you say, well, I had all this PTSD. I don't care. You know, you have to go beyond yourself. You have, you know, you're going to lose half your, you know, you're going to, what? You're going to sacrifice your, you're going to sacrifice truth because you don't want to lose your congregation. To me, that's cowardly. It's crazy. You know, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm applying this to myself. I see that as a cowardly thing. And to me, that's worse. This is why I like Phineas so much. Because Phineas doesn't care. He's just not going to be a coward. Say what you want about him, but he's not going to be a coward. And some people didn't think that what he did was okay. But God did. Now, all of what I'm saying here, of course, comes with balance and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I mean. All of you could, I hope that all of you could be in this situation. The worst decision you can make is indecision. You've got to be able to run in and risk life and limb. That's what that's what people do. And, and by the way, can I just tell you something? You read any story that you want to about any Medal of Honor winner, and they did these amazing things. They risked their life to do what they did. They were all scared. See, you can say, well, man, I, if I was in that situation and I was going to bust through that door and I could potentially be killed, I would be scared. Yes, we would all be scared. But see, you have to learn how to channel that fear into a positive adrenaline. Okay? I've done lots of things in my life scared. You better believe it. And so, uh, spiritually speaking, you have to, you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. If, if, I, if, I, if I turn down the invitation to the Christmas party, my friends and family are, are going to not like me. I have a fear of that. Turn that fear into a positive zeal. Have the courage to act. Don't do wrong just because you're afraid of losing something, even a friendship. Or, God forbid, a financial gain. Do you know how many people that have been to our synagogue over the years who have threatened to leave because we wouldn't acquiesce to their desires, whatever that happened to be, and they have threatened to take their tithe with them 
Ask me if I cared in any given instance. I'm serious. As God is my witness, do I? does that even bother me? The answer, not one single time. Because Hashem always takes care of us because he is the source, not them. Now ask me, and I mean this, God is my witness. If I'm lying, I'm dying. In every case where we said whatever and they left, ask me if God caused the financial suffering. Answer, never. Have the courage to act, okay? And if you're a leader listening to this, and you're saying, well, I've got this congregation and blah, blah, blah. Be a leader. Don't be a spokesperson. A spokesperson does whatever the people want him to do. That's a spokesperson. It's also called a puppet. Don't be that person. Be a leader. Leaders are people who lead. Okay? They charge the mountain and hope that people are behind them, but don't really care. Okay? That doesn't mean, you know, when I say don't care, what I mean is you have to care about people clearly. But you have, what I'm talking about is you have to just do what's right because it's right. And trust God that the right people will be with you. Remember, Gideon went from an army of, uh, I forget how many, what was it, 30,000 or 40,000? I forget the number. Down to 300. They were outnumbered to say the least. So Phineas, look, Phineas had the courage to act. Um, this was not a time to be timid. He went beyond the letter, the, a letter of the law. There's this quote in here from the KL2 Mosh. It says, people must now realize that this goal can be attained only if they unsheathe their true inner identification with God and his objectives and not limit themselves to the letter of the law. The same applies to each of us in our own personal lives. Whenever we are about to reach a goal we have been striving for, it says here, we must first silence the inner voices of, of negativism and opposition. But in addition, we must be aware that now is not the time for setting limits to our dedication. The test of our devotion to our ideals is our willingness to give our all for what we believe in. You know, I'd mentioned the, the, the pastor or the leader who knows this is true. And by the way, that applies to about 90% of, of the pastors. They know that what they're teaching is false in a lot of ways. But they, they're scared to act because they're, they, they know that if they teach the truth, that they'll lose their congregation. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what that means, actually. And it's real simple. And look, you know... It means that they don't really believe in God. You say, well, that's crazy, Rabbi. I know they believe in God. No, these are good people. Don't get me wrong. And they do, they do love God. But we have to, sometimes we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, do you really trust God? Do you really believe in God? Et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves and say, no, we don't. And listen, I have asked myself that and had the same result. I've said, you know, you're... you're, you're you say you trust God for this, that, or the other, but your actions are proving that you really don't trust him because you're still trying to fix it yourself. I've said that to me. 
And I've had to tell me to let God handle it and you focus on something, what, what he wants you to focus on, right? Because when we say, well, I know God, if I teach your truth, the people will leave. And that's why I won't teach your truth. Well, that means you don't believe, you don't trust in him. It's, you know, Judy Denton of Blessed Memory is a, is, is a, was one of our heroes. And she had a, her own business and her own business had to do with uh, uh, interior design. She was gifted at that. And all of her clients wanted her to come out and do, you know, all of her work, all of her whatever on, on Saturday. And uh, as she was getting into this walk, the Hashem began to convict her and convict her and convict her about Shabbat. But um, the reality was her, you know, I don't know what percentage, but a very significant percentage of her business was Saturday. So she struggled with that. She she struggled with it. What do, what does she do? What does she do? But but Judy Denton had the courage to act. And she told me that told me and my wife the, the story. She said, I finally told Hashem, you know what, I've just got to do what's right. And so she with with fear and trepidation. Remember, remember always remember this. One of my favorite quotes. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is not the absence of fear. So if you're waiting for fear to leave, for you to be courageous, you will never be courageous. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's moving forward in the presence of fear. So she had fear. But she trusted God more. See, your trust of God has to outweigh your fear. Okay? Being fearful is not the prerequisite. Some people say, I'm not afraid of death. Yes, you are. It's just that your faith in God outweighs your fear of death. Which is great. So what happened? You, you already know the answer to the story. You already, you, already know the, you already know the end of the story. So what happens is, is she contacts her clients and one by one she begins to tell them I am no longer going to be doing business on the Sabbath because I am a Jew and I that that is my day to rest and so I'm just letting you know what she said was is that her clientele did a shoulder shrug and said okay come on Sunday she said God moved all of her Saturday business to Sunday. Not only that, but actually her business took off. Next thing you know, she had more and more and more clients until she actually had to hire help, literally had to hire help to come in and help her go, you know, meet clients and, and take drawings and things like that. She had to hire somebody. So you see, she had the courage of act, to act and God honored that. He honored that. 
See, when we have the courage to act for his sake and for the sake of others, Hashem will honor that always and every time. So have the courage to act. That is the message today. Tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to actually dive into chapter 25, which is the last part of Balak that tells the story of, of, of this event that happened. And we're going to look at line by line uh, some insights to this and learn what was the, 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 the problem and what was the solution and how, did, how Phineas, how his actions brought about a godly resolution. And we're going to be getting in that in, uh, in, to tomorrow. But today, I want you to be filled with this idea that I need to be a person of decision-making. I need to be a person of courage. Courage is so important. Don't be a coward. Now, at the same time, don't be an arrogant person. Don't be somebody who's gruff. Don't fall for that lie that you have to be that person that has no filter or just say what's on your mind. That is not a good midot. Don't be that person, okay? But at the same time, be somebody who really trusts God, who really cares about other people. See, the issue with those officers, if you, I'm just analyzing it for what it is, okay? I feel sorry for them, if you want to be honest, because I think some of them wanted to do the right thing, but they get caught up in the system. But the bottom line is, we have to care about other people more than we care about ourselves. We have to care about God more than we care about ourselves. And that was the problem there. They just didn't care as much for those children as they did for their own lives. And that's not okay. It's not okay. We have to go beyond ourselves. So have the courage to act. And may it be God's will that if we are ever put in a situation where, whereby we need to be spiritually or physically courageous, may God help us to be courageous. Because being a coward in either circumstance, to me, is worse than death. That's worse than death. So let God help us to be courageous and have the power to act. And a lot of, for some of you, that means, because you're, you're waiting to act on, on what you know to be true, because, frankly, you're scared of the reaction of people. And God says, huh, I'm way, way higher than that. So... Let's have the power to act. Tomorrow we're going to come back and look at this happening and find out more about Phineas. Until then, have a blessed day. May Hashem richly bless you. May He fill your day with wisdom. And may this season of Teshuvah be a season that really grips us and takes hold of us. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Look forward to seeing you in the morning with God's help.